Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I am one of your hosts. My name is Javon J. Love Adams, and with me, as always, is my partner, my brother. Uh, we It's like we Lyman, and I know when he got to use the bathroom and when he got to pass gas. The one and only Ed Easy Smith, former professional baseball player, former professional football player, played, played in the XFL, played in NFL Europe, but most importantly, played in the National Football League for for a few different teams, I always we got the Eagles, we got the Eagles, we have the Redskins, the Lions, and of course the Atlanta Falcons, right? Yes, sir. You how got you, it. How you living, man? I'm doing good, man. Thirteen down, three to go. Man, some people Season's kinda, yeah. some people are already starting to count down. Some people are already starting to count down, my brother. <laughs> so and that's not me. I'm saying we, we might touch on that as we review the the previous week. But we do this every week. And we are a Cardinal team. We are a Cardinals uh, show. So we are located in the heart of the Valley of the Sun. And so we cover the Arizona Cardinals. And so what we typically do is we recap the previous week, kind of uh, talk about what we've seen. And especially I, I rely on my brother Easy here to 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 give us his insight because he's been in those locker rooms. So he definitely knows about being in the trenches. He was a tight end. And as he was doing his thing, that's when he was much more slim and felt and all that good stuff, man. But anyway, I mean, so we, we talked about a couple of uh, topics in which we want to touch on that, that we saw that maybe have come to light after the game in light of the game and then look ahead to what is uh, the upcoming matchup. So the upcoming matchup will be the Browns as they're going to be coming into town. And so we're going to break it down this way. The Cardinals, they came up short. Uh, against uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was seemed like a home game, almost they 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 came up short. And I'm going to talk about recapping that game. Also, I want to get your thoughts easy on Kyler Murray. Um, he's had a bad a few games now, in, in which he's kind of underperformed. And so I want to get your thoughts: is that a is that regression or is it just 
you know, just a, a rookie hiccup in his rookie season because otherwise it's been very impressive. I want to talk about uh, Patrick Peterson again. Maybe this is just a, a, a just a microcosm of the overall defense, but talk about Patrick Peterson a bit, a bit and what your thoughts on him were, and then. Can the holes that are on this team be filled in the offseason? And maybe is Steve Kahn the gentleman to be able to do that? It seems that there, especially as the season wears on, that there are a lot of issues or that a lot of holes or a lot of opportunities or weaknesses, however you want to use the term. And then, of course, look ahead to the Cleveland Browns, the matchup that will be this week. So let's start with, uh, with the recap of the Steelers game. So easy, we know that I was I was I wasn't in the stadium. I was watching it, and you swear that they were playing in Pittsburgh. The final score was twenty-three to seventeen, uh, victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is one of those games that the Cardinals could have had. There were some, yeah, there was some bad play, bad decision making by the quarterback. Yeah, and, I, and uh, we'll get into that. But your thoughts as we recap. The game. What, do, what were your thoughts on the on the Steelers uh, Arizona Cardinals game? You know, it's, it, this game played out a kind of almost to a T. When you know, I think last week I even had my score somewhere around twenty four to seventeen or twenty twenty four to twenty seven points for Steelers, somewhere in the range of thirteen to sixteen for the Cardinals. And you right. know, we got a final score twenty three to seventeen. I didn't see. The Steelers coming in here and lighting us up because obviously they're on their fourth string quarterback. Right. I did see them coming in, kind of establishing early, and then the test was going to see if the Cardinals folded up the tent or fought and finished this one out. And the score will indicate, you know, 23 to 17. It wasn't a blowout. It was a close game. We once again we actually had a chance at the end to kind of pull off that miracle and maybe even shock the world and shock the mighty Steelers nation that came in here Good, and took over Somebody I've heard many people refer to it as uh, Pittsburgh West. Pittsburgh West, man. I yes. mean, it was funny, too. There was a couple of times when I'm watching a game and they would do like a panoramic, panoramic view <laughs> of the stadium and I saw the terrible towel. I was like, holy cow. I mean, it, it looked pretty impressive in terms of them coming into the stadium and taking it over. As far as the game itself... Um, Cardinals, you know, at this stage of the season, you and I talked about it last week, it's pride versus a playoff team coming in here. I think they held their own. It wasn't a game that I would say wasn't their best. Uh, it wasn't their worst, obviously, after last week against the Rams. Um, it's kind of what I'm expecting the rest of the way out. Nothing is going to shock me in terms of play on the field. It seems like we're mediocre at best, and you've got a bunch of great questions coming up in a bit about holes that we need to fill, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we'll get into Kyler Murray as well in terms of his, what seems like a regression. But I didn't, once again, we're 13, that's our 13th game of the season, right? Right. Did you see any fire from the Cardinals? Did you see anything that made you think like these dudes came out of the tunnel and were going to punch somebody in the mouth and, you know, just, you know, give us four quarters of, even if we're not, scheming right, even if we're not yeah. you know, doing this right, we're going to fly around and we're going to hurt somebody. Man, it didn't look like that from start to finish. At least it, it's a it's a low bar I guess to overcome, but at least it looked better than last week? I mean the week previous? Question mark? Yeah, that's not saying much because they, they right. laid a total egg the right. week before. This was right. a game where, you know, like I said, if nothing else, the fact that the Steelers with all their tradition are coming in here. And I'll give you another caveat to the whole thing. I've been on teams at this stage of the season where, okay, we might not have anything to play for. We're going to make sure those dudes over there don't get to go home happy as well, meaning okay. 
you know, the Steelers coming here holding that sixth spot as far as the wild card. You know, let's make it tough on them, man. Let's just take it away. And uh, we'd like for them to be sitting at home with us just like us come, you know, the first week or so of January. But, you know, and I, I kind of even mentioned the Steelers came in here with a whole lot to play for, mm-hmm. and it wasn't pretty, but they walked out with a W, whereas if you want to say, well, at least we played with pride, I would say, well, that's a low level, low, low level of pride that you had because it didn't look too inspiring to me. It's interesting that you say that because listening to the the wrap up show, the post game show, there were a lot of there are a lot of fans, and maybe it's because of the because of how bad last season was. And I think I mentioned this in previous weeks of believe in the Arizona Cardinals that it just seems that we're a lot of fans are happy with moral victories because people. In, and I think there there's maybe some validity to it. Some maybe that yeah maybe there is something to it, but. The the offense, or maybe the offense was giving a little bit of uh, uh, giving some hope. Maybe it was false hope, but that even despite the record, that, that that at least they were looking better. At least they weren't ranked dead last. Some of those things, but it's it's that it, it just seems as if it's you're trying to find something to to hold on to. Well, it all de- it all depends what your standards are. You know, yeah. if you if you're cool with. I guess, quote-unquote, moral victories, well, well, at least we kept it close, mm-hmm. then don't be upset when next year they that's all they do as well. You know, we're looking for elevation in play, elevation in coaching, elevation in philosophy okay. of an organization. And thus far, I'm not seeing anything. If, if, I, if anything, I would say we kind of flatline and we just kind of even out all the way through the season. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you want to see an uptick of all facets of your organization throughout the season? Yeah. And at this point in, in time, you know, we're almost doing it in reverse. We went the whole year, started off with that Detroit game, ended up with a tie, you know, lost a couple tough ones, then we won some, gave everybody a little spirit, and then we proceeded to lose, what was it, six in a row, something like that now? Right. So in, in normal instances, if you want that happy feeling, this is right about this time where you'd be like, man, them boys out there really playing hard. We're not bringing them home, but we're at least, you know, staying in the game and we actually we actually won a couple over the last few weeks. It's been the exact opposite. We did a little happy dance early in the season and everybody was like, oh, here we come. You know, we beat the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Giants and the Falcons. We ain't sniffed one since. Right. So, you know, is that once again, let's go back to that glass. Is it half empty? Or is it full of air at this point? You right. know, because it doesn't, it's just, I'm not getting that warm, fuzzy feeling. And the, the tough part about this portion of the season is you got three games to go. You end on this kind of note. It's like eating a, a bad piece of fruit or something. And that stays in your mouth. And that's exactly what's going to happen. People are going to forget about the early part of the season because we're kind of faltering down the end and it looks really bad. That's what they're going to remember in January, in February, in March. It's not going to be about that really nice little patch we had early in the season in September and October. So I want to get into, because I think a lot of this, the evaluation, or as kind of what we talk about with some of these topics, we'll, we'll kind of cover the, the recap. And I want to get into uh, talking a little bit about Kyler Murray. But first, let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. I'm a runner myself, and so I'm starting to train for for a marathon. My 2020, I wanted to be big, so I know I need my rest. So one one of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about The Pod by 8 Sleep. 
The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can both have, uh, have that at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For free, or should I say for a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro, 8sleep.com slash pro. So, Easy, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. And maybe the numbers don't tell, maybe they, they don't tell the story, but maybe this, maybe they do tell a little bit of it. Against the, against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, 24 for 33, not bad, 150 yards. Against the Los Angeles Rams, and we know about that debacle, they lost seven, uh, 34 to 7. The 31, excuse me, 19 of 34, 163 yards. We look at, and then also with one interception, no touchdowns. If we look at the Steelers, the most recent game. So we look at the Steelers, and you're looking at 20 for 30, 194 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. One of those interceptions, it seemed to me that Kyler Murray, this was in the third, it was in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. There was he was they were marching towards getting a touchdown and there was they were get, getting ready to uh, right on the precipice of the goal line. Kyler Murray had the had an opportunity to maybe run for the touchdown or at least gain the first down before in having a first and goal situation. Threw the ball, made a made a, an unwise decision, and it was an interception. What do you think is going on with Kyler Murray? Is this one of those things where you want it's where you want that first round draft pick to be good, so everything that they do, yeah, he has a rocket for an arm. He's short, but he has he has the will to win. He hates losing, and so you try to find everything that can build them up. Is this regression, or is this just a rookie hiccup because he's had an otherwise strong rookie season? You know, I, I think we have to give him a little bit of a pass. He's been so consistent throughout the year, maybe not as dynamic as we thought, meaning throwing the ball down the field. And even in his running game, he's been, I would say, in my opinion, average at best. He hasn't been, you know, you think about what Lamar Jackson is doing, and he's just, he's like reinventing almost the position right, right now, whereas Kyler has those, the potential for those skills, but for whatever reason, it hasn't been unleashed, and I'm not sure sometimes whether it's him holding back or whether the offense is holding him back. I'm just not, I'm not there right now. Right. I can't quite figure it out. Um, he And he, the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of magnified, he has made some really big mistakes, and especially that one player talking about. And I can almost tell what kind of fooled him because I think it was Watt who fell back into coverage and intercepted that ball there, if I'm not mistaken. The so. one you're talking about on the goal line. Yeah. That might have just been a, an instance where he just 
he got fooled by the coverage, you know, because Watt was not supposed to be in that location, you know. So whether Watt saw something drifted out there or, or whether it was by scheme, that might be something that just got him right there. I will say that the lack of aggression on his part, though, because if you you remember that play because you brought it up, he had every opportunity put the head down and either go get the first down or whatever it was or exactly. get into the end zone. It was it was almost like it was wide open for him, right. and he didn't see it enough to either didn't see it enough or didn't have that aggression to say, I'm going to go get this. And he didn't. Tried to use his arm, threw it right in the coverage. Pretty much ended, I mean, you know, as far as the momentum and stuff like that. And then, you you know, you think about it, he lost the game by six. They're down there. Could have, if, whatever time the game that was, that's a, that could have been a game-winning score right there. Right. So, you know, for me, I think we've been spoiled a little bit just because he's been so non, let's call it non-rookie-ish. Right. Meaning, I think you bring up a good point. He, you know, he up to this. spectacular. That was spectacular. Been, he's been, right, he's been good. Think about this. The hype that Daniel Jones created in the second or you know, third or fourth week of the season. <laughs> right. They, I mean, they benched Eli. He comes out and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, Daniel Jones. They've lost nine in a row. Hmm. Now, yeah. Rob, you know, obviously last night was Eli taking over the the helm. So you know, but they they've lost they've lost nine or nine in a row. Eight of those were his losses, and to this point, nobody's talking about Danny Dimes anymore. It's like <laughs> you know, ooh, that don't, that don't look too good. Meanwhile, we have not said that about Kyler all year to this point. He's just had a couple of rough games. Um, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're going to be making some corrections and stuff like that. I give him the benefit of the doubt, like I said, because he this has not been his M.O. through the season. I, my biggest concern, though, is are we, you know, like they always talk about that that, that stallion, you know, yes. that horse, you know. Yeah. I just get the impression that they, they've got him cooped up and they're not going to mm-hmm. let him run free. Like, and I'm not necessarily using mean meaning literally like let, have him run all over the field. It just seems like he's being held back for some reason. Okay. Whether it's the, 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 the vertical approach or getting him out into the running game more and maybe giving him the green light. When you see it, go get it. Because you're, you know, you're six, seven, or if you break one, turns into 20 or 30 is a whole lot better than you looking poised back there and then just throw it into the fourth row because – it's the best thing to do for that play. And, you know, so it's one of those things we're going to see. You know, we only have a little limited, I guess, uh, time with three games to go. But it'll be really interesting to, I guess, kind of get some of the reports. And maybe after they evaluate this first season, we start hearing more about what we're going to do next or different moving forward. Right. Interesting. So I think, and, and you bring up some good points, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to touch base on those as we get through our topics. And so I want to talk about Patrick Peterson and your thoughts on him. But before we get to that, it's an exciting time for sports. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual threat quarterback. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50 to 1 to begin the season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. Then, on the 14th, we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time. Three championship fights, all highly anticipated, right in the betting capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. 
If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are uh, perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. So easy. Patrick Peterson, if you look at the, the defense, I, I don't think if, if they weren't as we, as you often allude to, uh, running around like, like with their the hair on fire with aggression, but did you see some improvement from the defense that would make you confident? Or more importantly, there were a few times where Patrick Peterson was targeted and allowed, allowed a reception here and there and just didn't seem, there was one in which he had a receiver in his hands, in his grasp, and just what didn't seem very interested in pulling that receiver to the ground or at least halting that, that receiver's uh, momentum. Your thoughts on Patrick Peterson and maybe even zoom out a little bit to a, to a discussion about the defense. I, you know, and I, I think I brought it up last week, uh, and I'll stick by it. Patrick Peterson is pretty much checked out uh, since the middle portion of this season when after he got back from his suspension. And that's just in my opinion. I don't see anything that would lead me to think that he is fully invested out there trying to, you know, create and, you know, hold down his position and uphold his reputation even at that. You know, you talk about a lockdown corners, who's somebody who's been a staple here. You think he would have came back, which he did, right, when he got back, created some uh, plays in that first game. I think it was against New Orleans. We got our first interception of, of the season that week. And since then, I guess I think on our show on Saturday on the Easy Sports Talk Show, I brought up the fact that since he has gotten back, the past defense has been worse statistically from week, was it one to six? We were getting up about 71%. And, and then since then, we've given up, since his return, week seven through 12, 71.5. So nothing has changed. Right. Uh, we've, I mean, you talk about the number of interceptions this team has had. Single. I mean, we're, we're it's, it's pathetic in terms of takeaways from our from our side of the ball. Um, I, I I feel bad because you know if we think about defensive corner was Vance uh, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. I mean, it's I mean he's working. He's taking a lot of flack right now. Yes, probably rightly. You know, portion of it. I don't think necessarily as much as he should be though. Because when I'm looking and you know, sometimes I have the ability. To maybe see a little deeper because I played the game. What I'm seeing from that defense is a couple. Of, there's one or two things going on. Either they're not listening and retaining and studying, or and that's a player issue, or coaches are not getting it right in terms of scheme and importance and I guess everything else that and goes on. Be lost in translation along those lines too. I mean, it shouldn't happen at this level, right? I mean, if a coach is saying we want you to. Again, I'm not, I haven't been on those fields or in those locker rooms, but uh, if a coach is saying we want you to do X, Y, Z, it should be pretty easy to translate that. It's just a, a, whether or not you're able to get from get to that spot and defend your position. That and that's a that's a great point. What I, what I'm seeing, Jay, is a lack of, and I, I keep going back to it. I see a lack of, I guess, um, 
effort. Okay. I don't see a lot. Like, I've been through too many times coming out of a tunnel, right? Right. There were times when you come out, and there's three ways to come out of a tunnel. Hmm. One, you come out with your hair on fire, and I'm talking about the entire team. Yes. And those are those rivalry games. Like, man, we were going to, it's, it's going to be a dog fight in the alley tonight, right? We're going right. to get it on. Yes. Then there's those times when, I don't know, whatever the situation is, you come out, and it's almost like we're coming out for a concert. Everybody's coming out, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> hey, we're playing a football game today, right? Oh, let's go out there and let's give it our all, you know. Right. Then there are times with that fake bravado when you can mm. tell it's like there's a whole lot of wolfing and stuff like that, but right. 30 seconds of the game, you're like, ooh, you know. And I'm talking about from the other side, too. Right, I mean, right, you can right. sense that yeah. from the other side coming out of their tunnel. Okay. What I'm seeing right now from the Cardinals, like, and, and nobody expects people to watch them come out of a tunnel. That's the type of stuff that I look for, though. Right. And I'm saying from the time they come out of the tunnel, it's like dudes are like, okay, well, it's almost like we're getting ready for a Thanksgiving Day football game with the family. We're just going to go out there and have some fun. Hmm. And, you know, nobody get hurt, though. We don't get hurt. We're going to go out. And let's have some fun. Let's go home and eat some turkey. Yeah. And I don't, like, not one time this year have, and, you know, I'm not even sure who the Cardinals' rivals are or who they get up for or who they. You think it would be Seattle. You yeah. think it would be. And maybe, you know, when we, because we got to go up there next, right? We yes, sir. Yes, so sir. maybe we'll see that. But not one time this season have I seen, and, you know, sometimes it's, 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 it's once again, I'm looking at through those Neo eyes from the, the Matrix, right? Yeah. So your offense, you want them to come out controlled but with fire in their belly. Mm-hmm. With your defense, you want those dudes coming out like somebody just slapped their mama across the street and I gotta, I'm got i going to get that dude right now. Right. I don't see that. And, I'm, you know, and so it's one of those things, man, where if they're getting it in the rooms, in the meeting rooms, it's obviously not translating to game day. Maybe they're talking and getting all fired up during the week and then they get to game day and it's just not there. Yeah. And it's one of those things for me, it's so obvious. I mean, uh, think about a, you know, a Baltimore defense or even San Francisco, the way they were getting after yes, people. Yes, those dudes, man, they look, I mean, they look mean, they look nasty, and they hit. When, how many times you watch the game this year and you're like, oh, boy, he lit him up. Yeah. From from a Cardinal standpoint. No, no, no. It hasn't happened. You seen anybody get lit up? No. You seen anybody on a defense? Even, here's another thing. Sometimes even with the defenses, you can look at them, they get so fired up, maybe they're out of control. Maybe, maybe a penalty. All of our penalties have been holding, you know, number seven such. Uh, you know, it's, it hasn't been any, like, somebody just, like, that dude is just pissed off today and he's going to let everybody know. I haven't seen that yet so far this year. Interesting, interesting. So with, with – that seeming to be where some holes are because it seems to me maybe it's a pride thing or maybe it's the, even goes deeper than pride. It's it's a it's a character. It's a it's a makeup thing about who you are because we talk about leadership. The, it, uh, you've heard about um, uh, what am I thinking of uh, Chandler Jones? Maybe him being a leader, but maybe a leader by example. He's not going to come up and try to get in your face and tell you to get hype. He's out there. Hey, you see what I'm doing. Y'all go ahead and do the same thing then. But so maybe it's from a leadership standpoint, you need to get some of those people in there as well. So what I'm transitioning to is when we as we're getting closer and closer to the off season, can these holes be filled in the off season? I mean with drafts, with bringing people in because they've often made, had a lot of misses in the draft and then they have to try to go, you know, with free agency and they're try it's crazy still that free agency comes before 
the draft. But anyway, yeah. But having said that, it's so being able to to fill that through the draft to bring young talent in to maybe bring some of that passion, that aggression in, and maybe do it that way. Do you what can these holes be filled? And is the current general general manager the person to do that the filling of those holes? You took the answer right out of, my, out of my mouth. I mean, they can be, but do you trust Kime to be able to do it? At this point, I don't. I don't even know what his philosophy is in terms of what he deems important, to like the biggest holes. Because you think about this. First off, what we did this past year's draft, in the 2019 draft, we didn't address the offensive line to the third or fourth round, something like that. Right. How big of a priority should that have been, being you knew how bad the offensive line was last year. You got to spend your number one overall pick on a quarterback, undersized at that, so you have to protect him even more. Why would you not shore that line up as, as, as fast as you possibly could, meaning using some of those early picks on there, you know? Mm-hmm. The other portion of the, of the equation that's going to be tough is not like filling. We're not going to have to fill the, what was the, the story about the little boy with the... Yeah, with the holes with in, the, the, hole, in, yeah. the, in the dam. With the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the holes, right. Man, the dam got so many holes in it already, man. <laughs> I mean, meaning so you're going to have to address your offensive line. You're going to have to address, in my opinion, your wide receivers. Wide receivers, right. Uh, what are you going to do? And, and this is another portion of it. What are you going to do with these three running backs who... who I mean, David Johnson, oh my goodness. You, you got a touchdown, but I mean, it's... But see, the thing is, what's odd to me is that Edmonds still isn't really being used, and he's been there yeah. for a couple of weeks, so something has to be. It's. I wonder if it, you see talent there. You see talent with Drake. You see talent with Edmonds. And then they just, it's almost as if they say, okay, you got talent. Nah, we're not about to use you, dog. We can't do that. Bruh. Or maybe it's, maybe it's us again trying to look at it, looking at a quarter as being rich. When that's when that all, that that adds up to a quarter, we we try to get dollars over here. You are a genius, man, because you brought something up that I'm glad that we can address here. Okay, along with kind, right, being a portion of the, we have to figure out what we're doing. Yeah, he also has to be on the same page with Kingsbury. Right, these dudes. I mean, we forget that head coach is a head coach. He's the one out there yes. stirring it up, making uh, of it what the ingredients that the. But those two have to be on the same page. To figure out, okay, now these, in my opinion, Kingsbury and Kime, they need, and whoever else, those decision makers, yes. when the season's over, these dudes need to be sitting in a room and somebody needs to be outside with the key and lock them in there until they all figure out, okay, what do I need to do to help you more? Right. What do you need from me to make this, you know, like I need to know your philosophy. What are the pieces that you need? Do you need bigger? Offensive linemen, do you need smaller, more athletic athletic offensive linemen? Do you need, you know, our, our, our running backs? What is our philosophy going to be? Do we need somebody who's downhill? Okay, we already got that in David Johnson. Oh, no, we don't need that. We need more of a Kenyon Drake with a three-headed monster of a dude that can be the third down back then. They need to all get down and figure this out because until they do that, I don't care how either good or bad Kime is or bad Kingsbury is. If they're not on the same page, it's a it's a all a mute point anyway. And you brought it up because like you just you're like like what's our philosophy? Man, they we can't answer that for them, and they can't they can't answer that separately. Those dudes need to figure it out. And one of the geniuses of Belichick, and I guess the the glory of him being not only the the head coach, but he's semi he's. GM is in name, so he gets the, you know, not many, the reason that is separated so much nowadays is because it's too much 
on a you yeah. know now the head coach is now we're seeing they're moving away from that the right. Holmgrens and the right. people like that who used to carry both wear both hats and everything. So now you need somebody who's going to be able to do that stuff. And then on the flip side, you look at somebody like a Jerry Jones hmm. in Dallas who can't. All he's in it for is the he wants the interviews and the pub and stuff, making all the decisions. Head coach is a puppet, you know. So getting back to our Cardinal situation, they need to figure that out first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And then it's all about, okay, we're all on the same page, right? Because I can't have you walking out of this room with any questions. <laughs> you know, once we make right. our, you know, right. then we go get the things we need. We go do the things we need to do to make right. every position important. Um, and filling, like I said, filling those holes, start looking for the mentality of the players we want. You know, personality. It's a, it's a, like I said, that's why it's not done well very often because it's not just, it's more than just, I'm going to go pick the players and then you do this. It has to be a group and a team effort. And we haven't seen that from these Cardinals so far at all. Indeed. So what we will see from these Cardinals is they will be playing the Cleveland Browns who will be coming in six and seven, their third in the AFC North division. Um, this, this team has, they're, they're, they've been, They've had the spotlight on them, I think, indefinitely prematurely because of the way that they've performed this season. But when they have Odell Beckham Jr., you have uh, you have the quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield. You have, I mean, they what Chubb is their their uh, running back. I mean, they they huh. have talent. They got talent. All they got all kinds of talent, but it's just as we like to say around here, it's just not quite curling right. It's just not quite. Need a little more activator, dog. <laughs> Need a little more activator. So, I would think. I would think that the Cardinals should be able to maybe come out with a victory? Question mark. Your your thoughts as you look at this game. What are your what are your expectations? Or what what would the Cardinals need to do to win? I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals win this game. But once again, I'm going to fall back on the same sword I did many weeks ago when the Falcons came in here. Mm. Their record doesn't dictate how, in my opinion, they they underachieved so much. Their record with the amount of talent that they had. They should have been a much better team. Same thing goes for the Cleveland Browns. The talent they have, the way they ran their mouths, you know, they should have, they should be in a much better position than they are record-wise. Mm-hmm. But when you have that kind of talent, I, I find it hard to believe, you know, like I said, when you, you match it up, it's either talent wins or coaching, you know, can help get you over the hump. Right. For me, this is, a, as far as coaching, this is, man, you're talking about a, 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 a draw, between hmm. Kitchens coming in here, <laughs> and then Kingsbury, who, you know, still, I'm, you know, it's getting late in the season. I can't say I'm still waiting to see him because I think I've seen what he is, you know. Okay. Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Wow. You know, who's yeah. my man said, uh, Jerome, on, um, he said, if I tell you a duck to pull a truck, hook it up. That's what I mean at this point. <laughs> at this point, it is what it is. Right. And I'm not, you know, because we can't, in week 14, well, you know, it's going to be this dynamic up to. We, dog, let me go back to it real quick. I think we ran between the run, we ran 30 run or 30 pass plays, right? Yeah. And then we had 14, 15, 21. So 51 overall plays. Run. We're talking about trying to be in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at this point, looking at what Cleveland brings to the table, you know, and that's a man, I guess every now and then you can say, you know what? Man, it could be a lot worse. We could have that drama from Cleveland with you know with the drama, the talent comes with drama. But at the same time, I just think there are more talent on the field. I don't think they're coached any better than us. I see this game, one of those ones, they got Chubb, 
They got Hunt. They're going to come in here and try to run it on us. And then on the outside, if Odell is not, you know, if it's not as the world turns, you know, and he's feeling good and you got uh, uh, Jarvis Landry on the outside and, mm-hmm. and Joku came back for them. You, you keep running down the list all this talent they got. They come in here and, and they could they could Rochambeau us, man. Yeah. But, but I think because of their MO, they'll come in and it'll be a sloppy game. But I do think talent wins out in terms of, you know, what we're bringing to the table right now. And then the other curious thing, both teams really don't have a whole lot to play for right now. Cleveland's pretty much ran themselves out of the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, looking at the Steelers, taking control of that sixth spot. Um, but once again, this will be a pride game. And I just think at this point in time, man, I don't trust what I've seen on the field from the Cardinals, especially defensively, to say that they're going to come out here and punch Cleveland in the mouth and keep them anywhere close enough to say that we, they can dominate the ball or dominate the game and all we need to score is 15 or 20 or 30. You know, I think this is one of those... Are we looking for predictions now? Because I'll give it to you. I'm looking at Cleveland coming in here. It's a little bit of a get-right game for them in terms of not necessarily getting back on track for anything other than winning a ball game and feeling good as they fly back uh, across the country. But I can see them putting up 30 uh, to our 16. Wow. Do you think, sadly, I think you you might be right on that. Do you see – so you don't see Kyler Murray – Improving or, or, or coming out of this little mini tailspin of sorts. In order for him to come out of it, he's going to need help. Right. He's not getting any help right now. Right. Not getting any help from the run game. Right. Not getting any help from the coaching staff with the calling of the, the game plan. Yeah. So I think we're going to see exactly what we're seeing. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not like, like I said I can't put all this on Kyler's shoulders. Like yeah. I said, they ran the ball 20 times last week. <laughs> you know, he threw a couple touchdown passes. Yeah. Obviously, the three interceptions come, but they're not doing anything that's making And once again, I'll ask you, Javon, and for our listeners out there, at this point in the season, what do you have to lose? Let it go. go. <laughs> like the frozen you can't. Song. I mean, it's not like you get a certain amount of plays and we get to use those extra plays that we didn't run this year, <laughs> next year. So, you know, let's save some of them, you know, because right, right. you know, they might come in handy down the road. Man, everything I have in my playbook, I would be tossing out there. One, get dudes to be auditioning for spots, see who's, you know, who's along for the ride. And the other thing is what works and what doesn't. We yeah. talked about, remember we all the way back in training camp, we talked about that. What are you going to do? Like, they were like, we're saving it all. It's like that, oh, <laughs> you can't <laughs> just wait, 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 just wait. Man, this time, there shouldn't be a play left on the sheet or on the tablets they use now yeah. that hasn't been run. I mean, fake punts, um, uh, I don't care what it is, Kyler on the edge. You know, even if you want to run some wildcat. What do you should be doing everything possible? They did the with the fake uh, the fake punt with Edmonds. So yeah, that's one of those things. So do a lot more of that. Yeah, interesting. All right, so we do this every week, and so uh, so we want to thank our our new sponsors, Eight Sleep, My Bookie, and Zip Recruiter. And so this has been believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So on behalf of my partner, Ed Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. And like we always say around this time, until next week, be easy out there. You can. Hiring is challenging and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. 
ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.